your future marriage relationship can bring you incredible joy or really deep pain. And most young women don't realize it, but your single years play a big part in it all. Welcome to the Loving Your Husband Before You Even Have One podcast. We're here to come alongside you and help you use your single years well. heard a little of the background behind this podcast. It started as a breakout session at a student conference, and then it became a book. And then during COVID, it morphed into a podcast. The first breakout session on the material was in 2014, almost 10 years ago. And the fun thing about this is that many of the young women who were in those early meetings are now wives and moms now themselves. So it is so fun for me. I just love, love the times when these young women can come on the podcast and tell their stories about what God has done in their lives and in their relationships. And believe it or not, this is our 100th podcast episode. Yay! (laughs) So this is a big deal for us. And so we are going to celebrate our 100th podcast by talking to Margot. So we get to hear Margot's story today. She was a student at Texas Christian University back in the day when I was first speaking on these things. And she is a wife and mom now. So she's been where you are and she gets it. And so we get a chance to hear from her today about how following God has made a difference in her life and in her marriage. Welcome to the podcast, Margot. Thanks for having me. Margot, we're so excited to talk to you more today. Tell us a little bit more about yourself so our listeners can get to know you. Well, I'm so excited to be here. I feel very honored. My name is Margot, and I'm married to Tyler. We've been married for four years. We have a almost two-year-old son. And we have a baby girl that is coming at the end of November. And we also have a golden retriever. We're currently living in Austin, Texas. Awesome. So Margo, where were you in life when you first heard Kim's material on loving your husband before you have one? Well, first of all, it is so wild to be here because looking back, it was 2016. And it was my first um, sumo winner conference that I attended and really wanted to hear Kim's breakout. And um, at that point in my life, um, I had only known her from afar. And so it felt very um, almost like celebrity-like. And I've just learned so much from Kim, from her book, from her breakout, um, and even just seeing her and Sean's marriage. So it's just so fun and exciting to be here. That's so fun. Well, Margo, I remember meeting you. Uh, I guess I came to um, Texas Christian University on my little book tour mm-hmm. right after the book came out. But like, tell us a little bit about your story, your spiritual journey. I mean, have you always been interested in God? Have you always been interested in following him? So I grew up going to church, but never really heard the gospel before. Um, And then when I got to college, um, there was a young woman who was in my story and just started really sharing the gospel with me. And she 
every week would meet with me. We just started reading the Bible. And that was really for the first time where I heard the full picture of who Jesus was, that he came and died for our sins and gave us life in him when we believe in him and fully trust in him and turn from our sins. And so um, it was my freshman year of college that I just started to follow Jesus. And so I've been walking with him ever since, but I've really only been following him for um, about almost, it's been like eight years now. That's amazing. Margo, you mentioned you're married to Tyler. So catch us up on how you met your husband. I met Tyler through some mutual friends. I went to Sumo's summer project in the summer of 2016. And there were some other guys that came from OU and I had met them and some other women from OU. And we would go up and visit OU's campus and get to see friends. And then some of his friends had started dating other women from TCU. So Tyler would just tag along and come down. And I noticed that he was just there every weekend with these other men. And I started noticing him a lot more. Um, And then I later learned that he was interested in pursuing me, but we hadn't really talked that much. And so I had no idea, but he was just trying to get time around me. And so we went on our first date. Um, I believe it was the fall of 2018. So um, a few years later, after getting some time around each other. That's so fun. I just love to hear those types of stories and how people meet because it's so different, you know, for everybody, it seems like that that's so fun. Well, Margo, what was your, um, like when you think back to other relationships, I mean, did you date very much like as a young follower of Christ in college or um, kind of what was that like for you? I had dated um, a number of different people in high school and in college uh, freshman year before I started following Jesus, not God's design, um, the way that I had done it. And then I became a believer and walking alongside the Lord, trying to figure out how does dating look different? What does singleness look like? And really took a full year of singleness after coming to know the Lord and then kind of gave it into his hands. And I would pray for my future husband. However, I did not intentionally seek out relationships. And at that point, after my year of singleness, was content in my singleness and um, was okay until the Lord had brought around the right person. And Tyler was really the first person that I had dated after coming to follow Jesus. Well, we've asked Margot to share some of the choices she made as a single woman that have made a big difference in her marriage. So Margot, what's one of the choices that you're really glad that you've made? The first choice that I am very glad that I made was I tried to spend time in God's word daily and tried to really write it on my heart that I would memorize scripture. And that was really important before going into marriage for a number of reasons. The word tells us that we should meditate on it day and night, um, Joshua 1.8. And so through that and learning that, 
I wanted to keep God's words uh, close to my heart. So out of just desiring to know more of who God is, I really did try to spend time in the Word daily. And that looked like opening up my Bible and reading it by myself. It looked like writing down scripture, keeping it in my car, keeping it in front of me every morning and flipping through it. And then it also looked like going to different Bible studies and getting to learn from other women, what they were learning, um, getting to be one-on-one, but also in group settings where we were just going through God's word. I love that you were taking steps to really prioritize God's word in your life. I know I remember when I started doing that, it felt kind of weird at first. It was like, oh my gosh, I'm carrying my Bible across campus. But uh, it it makes such a difference. I, I'm curious, could you share about how that has really benefited you and your marriage now? Just those choices that you made to prioritize God's word as a student when you were younger. Well, the word transforms our hearts. And so the more that we learn about who God is, who Jesus is, um, who does God say that we are even, the more that we understand our identity in Christ. And so through my single years, I was able to have a firm foundation of who does God say that I am. And even there's moments where in marriage, sometimes you can even doubt uh, your true identity, but you always have to go back. Who does God say that I am? Who is he? He's unchanging. He's faithful. He's good. He's kind. God is also just. And so when we know all these things, we can remember moments when we remember who God is. We can also remember who we are too, when things are chaotic or confusing. And so I've seen this really play out in not only our marriage, but even in motherhood too. And there's been times Hmm. in marriage where we've both said, we know that we're really struggling right now because we know that we're not in the word. And so it really shows. And so creating those habits early on before I was married was able then to carry me over into marriage where I knew I still need to prioritize getting in the word every day. And then as a mom, I'm not always able to sit down and read my Bible for 30 minutes a day, but having read scripture, knowing truths, meditating on them, even while I was feeding my son, I would um, keep scripture memory cards from college that I had next to the table and I would just flip through them and I would get to pray through scripture, pray scripture over my son. And so, It's so important to be in the word of God always, every season. And I think in your single years, you might not know it, but you do have a lot more time. And so getting (laughs) to have that extra time and using it to get to know who God is, is going to be crucial in your marriage and in motherhood or whatever seasons you might have down the road. I love that advice, Margo. Thanks for sharing that. What's another choice that you've made that you're really glad that you did? So the second choice that I'm really glad that I did was I tried to practice um, physical and emotional purity. That sounds very interesting. Both of those things. Let's start with emotional purity or maybe let's start with physical purity. How would you describe what that looked like for you, Margo? As a physical purity, 
is not just avoiding the sin of sex outside of marriage. Physical purity is also a heart posture too. Um, that looks like not just creating physical boundaries in a dating relationship too, but it also looks like creating boundaries even in singleness. So that looks like um, when I went on dates, um, not going further than a kiss or not even kissing and really trying to pursue holiness to honor God with my body. The Lord says that we are temples of the Holy Spirit and then it dwells inside of us. And so therefore we should take care of the bodies that he's given us, but it also helps us prepare for our spouse later. So when I am physically restraining myself, I was also able to save myself more for Tyler so that when we did get married, we were able to have even more intimacy together. I, I also had a similar pursuit of purity because I had had a history of not pursuing purity. And that's a big change, you know, when you start, when you stop living one way and you start living another. Would you have any encouragement for like the young women who do, who have, made some mistakes that they really regret. And I think sometimes there's a tendency for young women to think, oh, well, I've already messed up, so why even try? What would you say to a young woman like that? I was in the same boat. And so I um, lost my virginity in high school and I came into college thinking, I know this is wrong. And I know that I feel so sad every time this happens or any time that I um, even went outside of God's boundaries, even besides sex, and just thought that there's no hope. You know, I've already done all this stuff, yeah. so might as well just keep yeah. going. Like, it doesn't matter. But yeah, really, um, when I came to know Jesus and understood the gospel, that he had washed all my, clean, my sins clean, I understood a fuller picture of who God made me to be. And so it talks about um, all the time in scripture, how even Colossians 3, 2, so setting your mind on things above, not on earthly things. And then Paul in scripture talks about restraining yourself from lust and idolatry and all these things that are not godly. And with that is sexual impurity. And so it says that our life in that same scripture, it says our, our life is now hidden in Christ and we, we died with him. And so now that I am a believer in Christ, I can look back on those past sins and say, you know what, that was wrong. Like we should grieve our sin, but also Christ has made us new and he has washed us clean. It says in scripture that we are made as white as snow, that our sins were like scarlet, but he has washed us white as snow. And so I think that was really helpful and even mine too, of not feeling guilty about what had happened before Christ, the, being disgusted mm -hmm. by my sin and saying like, that was wrong. And there's a reason that was wrong. Um, God did not design us like that, but also having hope that Christ did make me new. And by practicing physical and emotional purity in my single years, and even during my relationship with Tyler, that it was so sweet on our wedding night and getting to be together 
um, even now, like in our marriage, it's still so sweet because we both have that perspective um, and both understand that we are made new in Christ. I love that. It's like you did. You got a new start and we all need new starts. Margo, one thing that you talked about, uh, and I appreciate everything that you're sharing about physical purity and I appreciate your openness. You know, that's one of the things I really like about our podcast is that we're just real people. You know, it's like we're not famous. We're not, you know, it's just real people. And we're making these choices to trust God and follow him. And we're seeing him work in and through us, even though we're not perfect. And so I just, I love that you shared and I appreciate that. But when you talked about emotional purity, you know, that's kind of a hard topic and we've touched on it some on the podcast, but how would you kind of explain emotional purity and We'll just start there. Like, how would you explain it? I think the easiest way to explain it is when you are in relationship with someone, um, even a friendship, you, when the more you share, the more um, emotionally connected you become. And the same is true, not only in friendship, but in dating relationships, even when you're just friends with um, men that are not your husband you are giving part of yourself emotionally. And when you do that, it takes away from future giving of yourself fully emotionally in marriage. So emotional purity is protecting the purity of your emotions for your future spouse. So what did that look like for you? You know, I mean, you did relationships one way and then you started following Christ and you started pursuing um, you know, sexual integrity that you were going to follow God's design for sex. Um, what did that look like for you emotionally? That looked a little bit different for me in singleness than it did even in dating Tyler too. In singleness, there were some things that overlapped, but I mainly tried to not have any intentional friendships with men that were crossing boundaries. So Obviously, I still would have conversations with other men when we were in group settings and tried to still have guy friends, but I also tried to really protect my heart, not letting myself think past, oh, we're just friends, like maybe he would be interested in me, I like him, Um, and thinking down the line of, what if we got married? I think it's easy for us women to immediately go to those thoughts, but I tried to really um, hold every thought captive, take it captive, and um, even pray through whenever I did have little crushes or just desires for men, I would say, is this from you, Lord? And would pray about it and would just ask the Lord, if these are not from you, please take them away. And then I also made little adjustments too of like, okay, what am I watching? Is is my watching The Bachelor? Am I watching shows that are a little bit scandalous on Netflix? And for me, I knew that watching a bunch of rom-coms with sex scenes were um, gonna make me really want a relationship and going to make me want what I didn't have. And so I tried to cut out a lot of those things. And for me, that looked like only watching movies that were PG-13 and not any R movies. And even now in our marriage, that's translated to like Tyler and I, if there's 
a makeout scene, we both cover each other's eyes and um, <laughs> just want to really protect our heart that like our desires are only for each other. In dating, that did look a little different too. So in dating, that looked like we would have intentional conversations with each other and obviously we're getting to know each other, but we tried to not talk about feature things. So while we were dating, at some point you have to have logistical conversations about marriage, mm -hmm. but we really tried not to talk about it until we were ready to start taking steps and had other people speaking into our life on that subject and um, tried to even not talk about with my friends, you know, tried to not say, I know I'm going to marry him because I didn't, yeah. you know, it's not the yeah. sign is delivered until it is. So tried to really protect my heart from those things of just already placing that idea in my head before it happened. Yeah, that's good. A, a phrase that we've used on the podcast a lot is like just focusing on what's true, mm -hmm. you know, what's true right now. And that seems to really be helpful. Uh, at least it was for me and, you know, for some of our speakers and stuff. Well, how have those decisions to pursue physical and emotional purity in singleness, how has that been a benefit to your marriage now? I mean, you mentioned that a lot of the patterns that you started, even as single people, you still do them, you know, in marriage, like you, you choose not to watch other people, you know, engaging in, you know, physical intimacy. Uh, but what are some of the other benefits that you've seen in your marriage? Going into marriage, protecting both our physical boundaries and emotional boundaries has helped us be able to give more of each other in marriage and has helped me to not think of other men when we're having deep conversations or think of other men when we're um, physically intimate. And so that has been beneficial in a way that it's brought a lot of more security even with each other and a lot more comfortability, but also has protected us from longing for other people outside of marriage even too. That's good. Thank you for sharing that. What's another choice that you made when you were younger in college that you're really glad that you made? Another choice that I made when I was in college was I decided to intentionally try to spend time with women whose marriages that I admired, that I wanted my marriage in the future to look like. Okay, well, you got to tell us more. I mean, you know, what did that look like? There were a few women that were a part of the campus ministry sumo that I was involved in, and I would just ask to go on walks with them. I would go over to their houses and spend time with them and their kids, and would just ask questions like, what are you learning in the words? What are some things that you've enjoyed in marriage? Or what are some things that you wish you would have done when you were single? And would ask them for advice in my life. And that has been beneficial because I think a lot of other women can give perspective looking back mm -hmm. on their single years. And they can also help you long for a healthy marriage in the future. And that was very motivating to me and helped me see the things that were important when I was single. So how did you meet 
these women? I mean, you said some of them were involved in the campus ministry that you were a part of, which is Stumo for us, but how did you meet them? Did you just invite yourself over or you just, did you say, Hey, can we spend some time together? I mean, how did, how did those relationships start? Yeah. I just asked, I said, can I spend more time with you? Can I come over and hang out (laughs) with your kids? And it's been really fun. I still actually do this today. And the woman who um, disciples, the woman who discipled me actually lives in Austin now. And it has been so much fun to get to just ask her, can I come over and do laundry? Or can I come over and just play with your baby while you cook or different things like that? And just kind of invited myself in, you know, most women are honored when you ask them and tell them, I just want to learn from you. Can I spend time with you? And I thought for a while when I was in college that every sort of um, discipleship relationship had to be at a coffee shop. We had to be meeting, reading the Bible, which is awesome. However, I realized after getting time with a lot of these women married and um, a lot of them who are moms that you just can't do that in every season. And that's not what every discipleship relationship can look like. So I just would start asking if I could come over and help and just got time with them doing daily mundane tasks. And most women would be probably honored if you asked them if you could, could come over and help and yeah. just hear what they have to say about life. Yeah, that's awesome. I hear you saying too that it has been beneficial now as a married woman because it's something you still continue to do because we all are facing things in life where we always need someone, you know, someone's advice or insight for us and we can learn from them. Okay, before we wrap things up, I would love for you to just take yourself back to being in college again or being, you know, a young woman, a single woman. Um you've been where our listeners are, what advice would you have for them? I think the biggest advice that I would give is, and I talked about this at the beginning of the podcast, is to really solidify your identity in Christ. Because it doesn't matter if you are single for one year or 10 years, or God calls you to singleness your whole life but really solidifying your identity in Christ is what is going to be the foundation for your friendships, your marriage, anything. And there's lots of life that can happen. And so when your identity is firm on Jesus, then you can see life in its full perspective. And when hard things come your way, you're not as easily shaken because you know who your firm foundation is. Wow. That's good. That's good advice. Is it funny kind of being on the other side? You know, you've been on the side of learning about marriage and stuff. And so then now you're offering advice for others. It is so funny being on this side because I have been married for almost four years and I definitely wouldn't call myself an expert, but I remember looking at women who have been married for two or three years and thinking, wow, they're so wise. They probably (laughs) know so much about marriage and I don't, and I still feel like I'm learning. 
so much about marriage and I will forever be learning so much about marriage as we continue. Yeah, it's it's something that we always can invest in and work at. And one of the things that we try to do on the podcast, as you know, is that I think this process can start even before you have a husband and uh, to d- grow and develop and build some skills that will really help carry into marriage and help strengthen your marriage. Well, I hate to do it, but I, we're going to have to wrap it up, Margot. And to our listeners, you may be wondering where Leah is. We had a little technical difficulty, and so she's radio silent, but she stuck around. <laughs> so we're grateful for you, Leah. I just encourage you to continue to surround yourself with, uh, with women who are following God, because a lot of times in our culture, there are a lot of things that kind of try to pull you away from God. But we're all here to say that God's been good and faithful to us and we're trusting him and we have seen him do some really miraculous things, both in our personal lives and in our relationships. And we just want to encourage you to do that, too. So if you want to go a little deeper, we just encourage you to uh, maybe check out the book that uh, started the podcast, Loving Your Husband Before You Even Have One. You can hear a little bit more of my story and uh I think it'll be a real encouragement to you. But we're glad that you've chosen to spend some time with us today. Margo, thank you for cutting out some time to be with us. We're, we've enjoyed our conversation, and we still have a lot more to talk about. So we we'll hope you'll join us again next week. 